morning, church. Thank you, Libby, for reading that. You guys good? All right. I tell you, it's so awesome seeing all those little ones up here singing. And it's cool to know that what you see here is going to be is, is just gospel-centered. Gospel in a box, I guess. That's the way you look at it. It's great. Well, um, as you know, I like to encourage you always to read the Word of God. Let me encourage you to read Psalm 37, verse 40 for today. Psalm 37, verse 40. Let me encourage you to be in prayer. You know, the holidays are here, right? And sometimes people get so stressed out, they literally holla, holla at each other because it's so stressful, right? It's a holiday. But, you know, I think everyone, it would be good to always just remember, especially going into the holiday season where things can be really tense, especially what's going out in the world, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And then you know what to pray for with people, right? And then you can be an encouragement for people. So that, that, that's what you can pray for and pray as you can be involved with people. And then lastly, I always want to encourage you guys to, to be ready to give the word of God, the, the gospel to people in your life, wherever that may be. So uh, always be ready to, to tell the word. So let's go now to the word, uh, to pray now before God and ask him to bless our time. God, thank you so much for all that you have done. God, you, you are the great one. You are the greatest one. Help us remember that, that everything that goes on in our life is never by oops with you, though it may feel like it, it's not. Everything is planned out, even to the point where our bodies are breaking down at times. Lord, you know of it, and you know how to work it all for our good in yours, Romans 8.28. Thank you for that joy and love. Bless those Christians now all around the world that are meeting that will meet or have met in whatever capacity. Help them, Lord, to be encouraged, to know that you are working your kingdom to be raised. As with us, Lord, help us to be encouraged. And God, I ask that now that you reveal our sins to us as we come to the Bible, that we can be convicted of our sins and, and shown them, and not, just, and not just acknowledge them, but to see them and, and be woeful but to then be encouraged to know we are absolutely forgiven and just cling to the cross to know that all is done in Jesus. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so as Christians, something that is true of us, but it's, it's really hard to keep at the forefront of our mind as we go through our life in this really broken world, this is something that we have to keep in front of our mind. We have no reason to live in discouragement, ever. Yes, there is a lot of discouraging things out in the world. There are many discouraging hardships that are going to come our way. And there may be even, probably is, or actually, there probably is. I, you know, I, I know there is. There are discouraging situations that come about in our own personal life. But as, as Christians, when the burdens begin to push you down and the worry begins to grow in our mind, and the fear and, and maybe anger begin to eat away at your heart, and then discouragement really begins to set in your soul. As Christians, 
We do not have to live in the pit of despair because Christ has come and has gone into that pit for us. He has overcome the world. Which means not only has he overcome our situations in life, but he has also overcome your personal issues that you deal with that weigh you down. He has come and he has given us victory over the power of sin and the power of death, all by faith alone in him, as 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Or as 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says, for everyone, Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so this gospel message of Jesus Christ in which we believe in, is there to empower us to live with courage, to live with confidence, to live with security, and knowing that whatever comes our way, whatever hard things may be, whatever you're suffering, no matter what this world or people in your life take away from you, or even how hard you mess up and you fall down because of your own folly. Because we have faith in Christ and his gospel message of grace, all will be ultimately okay with us. No matter what situation we're in, because now God is on our side. Or as one, uh, as one theologian put it, why do we fear the, conquer, the conquered world that have the conqueror himself on our side? Now, as Christians then, we are the freest people on this earth because what Christ has done for us, all by faith in him alone. Because as we say a lot here, Christ lived, lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserved, and he came back to life to give what we could not earn. It's finished in Christ. The question then becomes, well, then how do we live as the free people that we are in Jesus? How do we flourish in a world that's really cold and, and really burdensome? How do we see past the issues at hand? How do we press on through our broken relationships? How do we fight our worries, our fear, our anger, how do we fight our sin? How do we flee from discouragement? Well, today Paul's going to cover that in our text of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. And what he ultimately is getting at here is that we are to do all this by dwelling upon, as our title says, Christ's imminent return in light of the gospel. And this is how we live with power 
and not become overwhelmed or discouraged. We're going to look at our text. Now, Paul is just here finished speaking about the devastating judgment and destruction that's going to come upon this world when Christ returns and how it's going to be completely unexpected. Paul has just stated in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 for our context. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them. As labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, they will not escape. Paul then now speaks on what's going to happen to the believers now at that time, at this final judgment, when Christ returns. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4, but you, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. So Paul here starts off this section with the wonderful word, but. Whenever you see that word, basically what Paul is saying here, in direct contrast to what I just stated, you, brothers, are not in darkness meaning there is a distinction upon them, unlike the world. There is a status upon the Thessalonians that the world does not have, for the world is in darkness, which basically means spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness in which unbelievers live in, move in, and think in. Darkness is their state of existence in this world. Their life is darkness. Now, real quick, Paul's not saying this to be mean, or he's not making fun of non-believers. He's just stating this fact that there is a great contrast here between believers and non-believers. You can define darkness this way as we're looking at the text then. Darkness is basically the sin of unbelief in the gospel. For the gospel reveals Christ has come to save us from the wrath to come. And this is the very thing that people reject. And so they are in darkness. And therefore, the unbelievers are unprepared for that day. It will show up to them like a thief, and they won't be ready to face it. And that word surprise that Paul is using, it means to overtake, to seize, to catch. Because again, they are in darkness, and they're not prepared for this day of return. But... But the Thessalonians here, pay attention, because Paul here is now going to build on how awesome this gospel is for all of us. Paul says, and I'm going to read verse 4 again, just so we can see here, now that we know what darkness is and what he's removing it from in the surprise word, meaning to catch and you know, obliterate. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Paul says the Thessalonian believers are not unprepared that it should come to them like a thief or surprise them to seize them and overtake them like a thief would. In fact, Paul here is saying it won't do so. The day will come unexpectedly, but they are prepared for it, so no harm will come to them at all, even if they don't know what day it will exactly happen. So all the prep for that day, 
to not overtake them, the wrath, it's already been done. That's what Paul is saying here. You're not of darkness. Rather, he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And here Paul is going to hit hard with the wonder of the gospel and how powerful it actually is. Because notice Paul says, you are all children of light. And it's that little word all which shows the wonder of this gospel and why we can have so much rest and joy and confidence and freedom in this world. Paul says of all of them, all of the Thessalonian believers, the mature to the immature, to those who are self-controlled with the sins in their life, to those who are absolute train wrecks, to those who have it all together, and to those who just can't seem to do one thing right, to those who are weak and to those who are strong. The word all here means all. All those, we've seen in this scripture, we've already gone over in this book, all those with sexual addictions, all those with problems with authority, which we'll see eventually, those who are lazy, those who are selfish, those who worry, those who doubt, those who keep falling into the same sin over and over and over again. Paul says, all of you, because of your faith in Christ, are children of light. There are no exceptions. Again, notice, not that they lived in the light, Paul's saying. Not that they're walking in the light, but rather they are children of light. That is who they are, who we are by faith in Christ. We are now defined as the children of light. Light is intrinsic to us now. We exist in, and in this realm of light. Even if you don't think it, that's what it is. That is the truth of you, if you have faith in Christ. Because remember this, it's, uh, God is light, as 1 John 1, 5 says. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. And Paul here in our text then saying, we are the children of light. We are children of God. That's our status. Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 46, I have come into the world as light, so whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If you have faith in Jesus, you are a child of light. So Paul here in our text then is just reminding all of us we are this brand new creation. If you have faith in Jesus, you're new. Just as 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he has faith. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So Paul here is just affirming that it's truly finished in Christ over them through faith alone in Jesus. There is nothing for them to do to prepare for that day other than just having faith in Jesus. Because remember, that was their concern. They are already prepared for judgment day. 
Because Christianity, Paul here is emphasizing, is not about doing things better or getting better or being better. It's all about how it's done in Jesus. That's what Christianity is about. That's what we proclaim. And that's what makes the gospel such good news. And why they should have no fear of that day, but rather rejoice because Christ has done it all for them. As it is with us. All is done for you and me. Practically speaking, if Christ were to come back right now, all would be well for all of us simply because we have faith in Jesus. I mean, that's pretty comforting. I mean, that's freeing to know that no matter what you did in the past, that no matter what you're struggling with right now, in fact, to be more blunt, you can be in the middle of a sin right now, maybe with pride, lust, perversion, anger, fear, envy, grudges, relational issues, whatever sin, you could be in the middle of it right now, not even paying attention to me. And if Christ were to come back right now, he would show up not with a frown, but with a smile for you as a child of light. And you would be with him forever, for you are prepared already by faith alone. That's it. The gospel's good news. Paul then presses this in even more by saying, not only are we children of light, but we are children of the day. And being in the larger context, the day means when Christ returns. Paul here is saying we are children of the inheritance to come upon that day of Christ's return. We have nothing to fear, even with our failures and sins before him. That we belong to that great day when Christ will finally put an end to all evil and all sin. We all share in that day already that is coming. Because we share in knowing him now by faith. But then on that day, we'll see him in all his glory, bring his kingdom upon this earth, and we'll dwell with him forever. For remember... And be uplifted in knowing this. We are now children of the day. The great day of light, when Christ comes to inaugurate his heavenly kingdom upon this earth and remove all wretched and unpure things forever, as Revelation 22, 3 through 4 puts so well. This is, we are already part of this. It's beginnings. No longer... Will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will wor worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be upon their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. That is the day we're children of now as we live upon this earth. We currently, right now, represent that day of dwelling with God forever in his marvelous light. What a joy, right? 
than every day becomes in our life because we know what's going on, what's coming, what we represent, the day of life. Then Paul ends verse 5 by saying, we are not of the night or of the darkness. Now notice here Paul switches from you and now say we, including himself, meaning all Christians are not people of the night, all of us. All Christians are not of this world anymore and of its ways. We are not people who dwell in darkness of unbelief. Night and darkness don't characterize us, don't characterize Christians anymore, but rather light and day. And again, this has nothing, this is important, this has nothing to do with your performance before God in keeping his laws, how well you're doing in this world. It has nothing to do with that. But it solely deals all with faith in Jesus who kept all of God's laws perfect for you. This is why you are light and day. And I bring this up because Paul will encourage us to live as people of light here in the next verse as a consequence of being children of light in the day. But for now, it's important that you see that Paul says all of these wonderful blessings and truths about you and me and the Thessalonian church and himself, he says them not because of anything they have done or anything they are doing, but simply because they have faith in Christ. All of the prepping for judgment day that is so potentially fearful. All of that prepping for judgment day that they need, that you need, is simply trusting in Christ alone. That's it. So what this means then for you and me is this. When you see your failures as a mother, when you see your failures as a father, as a husband, failures as a wife, failures as a friend, failures maybe as a child to your parents, failures as an employer or worker, failures of not being as loving as you should to your neighbor. When you see all the failures and the sins of yourself that you're afraid of letting anyone know because you can't believe you have done such things and you know others won't either. Or maybe, or maybe you're even, even doing such things right now currently and it seems you just can't stop it and you hate it and you hate it but you can't say anything because you're so afraid and ashamed. Know this, if you have faith in Christ, you are fully forgiven and loved, and you are a child of light. You are a child of the day, not of the night, no matter how you may feel. Your faith is not a feeling. It's trusting in the truth of the gospel alone. And guess what? what? I got some good news. You are prepared to meet him if you were to die right now 
or if Christ comes back right now, if you have faith, even with your sins. See, God loves sinners. Don't forget that. And he saves sinners, such as you and me. And he didn't save us because we were good people. We're not. He saved us because that's exactly what we weren't. We were not good people according to his standards. Perfection. We were not good, and yet he still loved us. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, to make us his own and not have to face the wrath, the wrath to come. All by simply trusting in Jesus. That's it. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11 says this. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath to come? From the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by his death, of his son, how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life? Much more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And even now, as we fail him with our lives and sin against him, willfully at times, like that's the problem. We willfully sin against him. I know, God, but I just have to. God, I'm not strong enough, and we give in. Because think about this. Even when we fail him and sin against him, because he, clearly that's what the Thessalonians were doing. That's what they were doing. Why else? Why else would Paul here Tell them in the next verse right after this, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 through 7, why would he say this? So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Obviously, Paul is telling them to not live like the world in which they were doing. And we'll cover that next week. But for now... We forget the gospel too easily when we fall and we start fretting like the Thessalonians are doing. It seems the gospel truth seems to leave our minds when we sin or when our flaws are revealed to us or when that, the sin keeps popping up. We've become so easily discouraged in life. And sadly, we begin then to just stop serving the Lord, we stop sharing, we don't feel qualified to share his name with others, we may even begin giving up gathering with others on Sundays or going to Bible studies or reading his word because we feel so defeated and we think, what's the point? Because I still suffer with sin X, Y, or Z. I still suffer with these issues in my life. It seems that no, hard, no matter how hard I try, I still end up doing the very same thing I hate. Surely God is angry with me and really wants nothing to do with me. 
I'm sure I'm going to have to pay for some of my sins at least when Christ comes back or if I see him face to face. So why bother him? Why bother his people? I'm such a failure to him anyways because I have these sins and I know they're horrible and I can't get rid of them. We become so discouraged and then we just become angry and bitter at everything else. We hide it well, maybe. Understand this. Remember, remember this gospel truth in light of the Lord you serve as we're struggling with those sins. And this is what Paul is getting at here. In, at here. The issue for you and me, the issue for the Thessalonians, for all of us here in this room, the issue is not so much about doing better, Paul is trying to get at is simply believing better. Believing the gospel better. Trusting in the gospel more. Being like, I heard the story of a pastor at the end of his life. He was dying and his wife came into his room and he said, I can't remember a single Thing that was good that I did. Meaning, I have nothing to bring but simply faith in Christ when I struggle. To say he did everything. I'm not going to present anything because nothing was good. Everything is tainted with sin. As long as you're alive, you're going to deal with sin. So we need to believe better in knowing that Christ has paid it all. Understand how free you are in Jesus now. Understand just how much you are unconditionally loved. Understand just how faithful God is to you in blessing you and caring for you, no matter how unfaithful you are to him. As 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. He made a promise to us his son Jesus. And that's what Paul is getting at here in our context with these Thessalonians to comfort them to not worry about the future judgment coming. But rather to just rest in the grace of God because they are his children now whom he cares for and to look forward to that day and not get caught up in all the troubles around them. To rather just focus on going deeper into the gospel to enable them to see their sins no longer as defining who they are. To remember their chains are gone. It's broken. But rather to see how they are now defined by the one whom they trust. And to put all their hope and security, peace and comfort and rescue and affirmation. And to get their strength from that truth. And to face each day with its problems, with the gospel truth that will be affirmed for them on judgment day when Christ returns. Let me put it to you this way, okay? God is more excited. This is hard to believe. And I'm not the one who came up with this because it's just truth that is just a known thing throughout Christianity. But we don't realize it. God is more excited to see you and more excited 
but him, he's more excited about you taking part in that day than you are. He's more excited to see you than you are of him. Think about that. That's the truth of all this that Paul's getting at here. God is just waiting in joyful anticipation to have you take part in such a wondrous event in the world. He cannot wait to show you such an awe-inspiring event. I mean, that's why he's telling you about it. And he can't wait to have you be with him when he restores his kingdom to this world, even though you fail him every day. That's why he's telling you about it. That's why it's in the word and what you're reading about it for. And if you think that sounds silly, that God's excited to see you and show you such a day, even with all your flaws, and you think it's just some happy, pappy thoughts, just look here how God describes himself to the people in Zephaniah in chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. I think this paints a wonderful picture of the Lord. Oh, <laughs> it paints it so well for us, for those who believe to live with boldness and encouragement of that day. Because this is what it says there, okay? The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. That's mercy. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. God bless you. The Lord your God is in your midst. And you will have no fear. A mighty one who will save despite you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Sounds pretty joyful to me. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time, I will deal with your oppression and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. Can't wait for that day. At that time, I will bring you in. At that time, I will gather you together. For I will make you renowned and praised amongst all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes. Glory to God. He seems pretty excited about paying off his people showing off you and what he has done. Not what you did, what he has done. As the term goes, trophies of grace, that's what you are. And this description that we read of God hasn't changed towards his people. For despite our sins, we're, we are his children of light. We are his ch the children of the day. For through faith in Christ, Christ has earned all of this and more for us all by faith in him alone. And this is why we can face every situation 
And each day we hope and boldness and courage because we know who is for us and we know where we're going no matter what comes our way and no matter how hard we fall. Jesus has claimed us as his own and he will prove it on that day of his return that we get to look forward to because it's truly finished in Christ and we're all by faith in him. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. The deacons will be up here to pray for you. They'll stay up here after the, after the song too if you would like to pray. Father, thank you so much for being so gracious with us. God, I pray that right now, if someone doesn't know you here today, that today will be the day they reach out in faith and say, Lord, I need you. And they will see and feel and understand the joy of the Lord. And they will understand your love for them. God, I pray that there are people in this congregation now or online too, Lord, who are having a hard time understanding your love for them because of what they have done. Maybe because someone has told them they're horrid and wretched or keeps pointing out their failures and keeps pointing out their issues in their life. And they say, I know, I know, I just can't change. I don't know how. God, give them and grant them the peace of understanding that it's going to be okay. That's why you sent your son. Because you love them. And you absolutely love them despite their failures. Help them to see that when they say, I can't, that is a blessing in disguise because they never could. And they just only, the only thing they can do is trust. As with all of us, we can only trust in the Son, for it is done in Him truly. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen.